I looked at what I could do and encapsulate, you know, times and moments that people really understand and relate with, creating meaningful relationships and moments that, you know, inspire others to, you know, really connect with people. That was where I found myself. I loved connecting with people. And it was either from the the audience perspective of someone sitting in a movie theater, watching an incredible film, to connecting on the marketing side and advertising is what was that spark? What was the spark that really set that apart? What, what made it meaningful for somebody? And that was the process that I looked at. Today, I get to interview my good friend, Harvest Sutherland. She dives deep into her past to talk about her passion for music and how that led her into the creative industry, working in film and commercials. She worked with agencies on the development of more than 75 commercials for some of the most recognizable brands in the world. Some examples, Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Verizon, Nike, and the 2010 and 2014 Olympic campaigns. She describes how she's following the beat of her own drum and deciding to dive into a project of her own. She's about to launch a wine-related website called Pear.Wine. Such a fun chat with one of my favorite people. Enjoy! Welcome to the My Kind Podcast, where we get to connect with beautiful and talented women who inspire us with their stories about how they've started their business or brand. We get to explore the many ways people have chosen to focus on discovering their passions and purpose in life. The stories are as endless as there are people, but there are many common threads that hold us together through this path. At My Kind, we get to emphasize the different stages of this process, both the difficult and the inspiring. Do you want to make the most out of your day, your week, in these months and this year? I know I do, but not at the expense of my happiness or time with loved ones. So let's figure out how and go on this journey together. Harvest. Welcome to the My Kind Podcast. How's it going? It's great. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. Now, I have to say, normally, because we know each other, we would be sitting down together over a glass of wine or a meal. So this is this is a little bit different for us. It is. It is. And uh, I'm looking forward to when we can actually get together again and fully be uh, working together as a team. <laughs> I know, I know. Now it's just the, it's, it's just over the phone, text. Um, you know, we both have some big projects we're working on. And so that is, you know, it's fun to chat about, but I, I miss seeing you and I miss like, you know, that's part of the reason why I started this podcast is I just miss having those personal connections with women that I love being around. So I'm really pumped to talk about what you're doing now 
but but maybe let's just start with some some introduction and I know you really well because I've known you for I was trying to think back actually of how many years I've known you for and I think it's about 16 years I so. think so it's been a long <laughs> long time and it's been an incredible journey it's I, I treasure our our friendship and I think it's so amazing to see everything blossom and and how your podcast is coming along and how your business is coming along so I'm here for you I'm supporting <laughs> thank you and yeah. that's why I want to be here for you too and so I think um one of my questions that I sometimes ask is what do I uh should I ask you that I don't know enough about you and I know a lot about you not everything of course but but maybe let's start out with something maybe what's something that other people don't know about you yeah, this is a fun one. Um, I, I'm a very private person, as you know, so it's actually quite fun when uh, you ask me this question because <laughs> uh, what most people don't really know is that uh, music is basically in my blood. It runs through my family. Um, I come from a very creative background, both my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, all are amazing, talented artists. And so music really kind of just runs my life. But <laughs> you'd think I would play like <laughs> instruments, but I actually don't. I don't play a single instrument. I just absolutely love to listen to music. And it basically, I run my life with music. It's my soundtrack to my life, <laughs> you could say. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, you and I have had a few dance parties in our days. That's yes. for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we have dance parties with our kids, or we did. Yes. <laughs> it's a different kind of dance party, let's say. But um, I know that music goes way, way, way back to your family and and traveling around and playing music. Yeah. Do you think that's something that has felt like a constant? It's it's a bit of a mantra for you? Yeah, absolutely. It does. Um, I mean, when I was about four years old, I used to sleep at the foot of my brother's drum. Um, my whole family would say, how can she have her naps? Like when we're practicing, we're having, you know, we're playing music and it's loud. And, and I would just feel comforted by the drum and the bass and, you know, the, being surrounded by family and music. That was it was so important to me. So my whole life is really driven by a beat is the way that I like to, <laughs> to yeah. take it. You know, <laughs> music the beat of a drum. Me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, music sets my mood. It's my vibe. It helps me relax. It stimulates my mind, makes me more creative. So when I, when I hear a song, I think of where I was when I first heard it, you know, the sounds, the smells, you know, for me, music takes the emotions of a moment and holds it on for years. It basically transcends time and and it's just part of my soul. Yeah. Well, and I, I think for you and me, um, I know when I go to your house, there's always music playing. And for us too, I mean, I make it a mission of mine to have as many speakers around every part of the house that I possibly can to play music when, wherever <laughs> I am. Yes. <laughs> um, is that something you wake up thinking about? Like, what am I going to play while I'm making breakfast? Where does your thought process go in the day with music? Well, most days I wake up with a song in my head and I go right to my, my Google speaker and say, hey, Google play me this song. And my family looks at me like, what? 
where did this song come from? It's it's like a big layer in the library of of memories to me, and and it just comes in the morning and I continues throughout the day. It's actually it's a really fun fun way to think about life. I'm curious to know now how has that uh, evolved with your son, you know, and in, in gotten into his bones. So my mom always said to me, she's like, you know, dance to the rhythm of your own drum, she used to say. And and I never really understood why. And I feel like I also do that with my son because, you know, it makes us feel like we're finding our way in the world with, you know, a deep sense of like personal well-being. And so he's currently obsessed with Feral Williams. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> so he, Like happy? Yeah, happy. Oh my gosh. So he listens to that all the time. And, and he basically, he pulls songs out of his memory uh, of songs that we used to listen to when he was a baby. And he actually, you know, tells Google to, to play this song. And I'm continually amazed at how he is living through music as well. And, and that really inspires me. It, it, it keeps me happy. I'm like, yes, job well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing because I always wonder that with with our daughter is what what will she remember? You know, I mean, we're adults. We've lived, you know, almost 40 years soonish for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember I don't remember much before I was five. And then even then, you know, I, everything is like bits and pieces. But for sure, music is a big part of each of those periods in my life, especially just the general feeling. So that's really neat that he actually does remember those things. Yeah. And, and I am, it just makes me so happy to know that he enjoys it. I mean, everybody enjoys music. Everybody, you know, loves the a good song or listens to the radio and kind of feels, picks up their mood, makes them feel better. But just for me to see that specifically in my son, I just, I absolutely love it. It's great. Yeah, I, I mean, I think those are the, those are the things, uh, same, same with wine for, for Blake and I, which is, you know, you come together over these certain things and, and they almost help you create those memories and keep those memories because they give you that feeling. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. You know, I remember with my parents, my dad, uh, he's from London. So he was obsessed with the Beatles. And um, so we always had all these big vinyls and we play vinyls all the time when I was a child. And, you know, I, I know every Beatles song off by heart. And just to have that moment in history as well of, of just remembering it's a, it's a time capsule of sorts, right, where you can reflect back on where you were in this life and you know for me it was listening on my headphones to the vinyl and for hours and hours and hours I would just sit there and listen to these old vinyl records and really appreciating the artists and what they were going through when they were writing these songs so for me that was a a big part of my life. Wow and then your family started a band right? Yes, yeah, they're they are very very creative people. Again, they um they started a band when I was young and it was more of a kids uh touring band. So we played at children's festivals and um it was a really cool experience for for everybody involved. I mean, I was too young to really 
know. It was before I was five. So for me, it was more of the excitement of traveling around and seeing all these different festivals and seeing what people were doing and, and the activity that inspired me to, you know, want to be around creative people. That leads me to hoping that you can share a little bit about the timeline of your life and your career. And I know that um, I personally know where that has led you, but I, th- I think it's a really, really cool story. I know you have a super, super fun project to talk about later, but I'd love to share with the audience how you got from there to how your career progressed over time and how you ended up really diving into working with creatives and in the creative industry. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, so with the creative industry, the connection between visual media and music for me goes back when I was young. Um, I used to borrow neighbors VHS, that's going to age me, VHS tapes (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, watch the sound of music with Do Re Mi and the James Bond Goldfinger 1965 with Shirley Bassett and uh, Mary Poppins with, you know, A Spoonful of Sugar with Julie Anders and Dick Van Dyke. Those were like a huge thing when I was growing up. So, you know, already being around music, traveling with my family who were amazingly creative, uh, it made me kind of lead more into movies and encapsulating, you know, time periods where it's it's kind of like a timestamp that you know, you can have instead of just one band touring around, it's actually like shooting a movie and putting it onto a VHS tape at that time. You know, even during the silent era, there was musicians like perched in the theater playing alongside the moving images. And so for me, studying film was uh, a big outlet of how I could work with creative people. So film was a big part of my life growing up and and watching all these crazy movies that were coming out, you know, Grease, Saturday Night Fever, Flashdance, Footloose, Purple Rain. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Doves Cry. You know, those are all a little bit before I was born, but just revisiting these movies, these iconic movies, I just wanted to be part of that and to really showcase how music and film work together to allow some escapism for people and to really be in the moment and and remember their lives during when these movies came out with these incredible soundtracks. So that was a that was a really big part of what inspired me to get into the film industry. And so how did that introduce you to the big turning points in your life throughout your career once you got into the industry? Yeah. I, well, growing up in and watching these incredible movies with soundtracks, for me, I was looking at like, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, um, you know, and Top Gun and Dirty Dancing and Cocktail, watching all these crazy movies of our time. And I idealized the people behind the camera, I idealized the people in front of the camera, Um, wanting to see how they were thinking, what their creative processes were. 
And when I got into film, uh, working the the long days and <laughs> the incredible, uh, you know, all about those actually, <laughs> working the long days and, you know, it's incredible family, like the people behind the camera um, to put on these films and TV commercials. Uh, everyone just works together to make it all happen. And there's so many different hats that people wear and it's just such an incredible creative process to see where people get their inspiration from you know when I first started working on movie sets I'd, I'd try to hang around the camera mostly and see what the directors are talking about and you know work on the, the with the AD team and, and work with you know actors and actresses and then I just realized that they're normal people you know they're incredibly normal people with creative abilities and with an amazing team behind them to see that they're normal people that they are just like you and I and you know my 15 year old self ideology of you know the biggest actors and the biggest stars and how cool I just really put everybody on a pedestal and then I realized it was more about the team and the family behind them and their incredible dedication and passion for what they do, which makes them who they are. And I think a lot of people actually don't really get the chance to experience what it is like being on the other side of, of a production and of what creating art <laughs> looks like from that side. But um what I'm wondering is, is where did that lead you? And, and did it make you question how to create your own story and your own soundtrack for life? How did you start to ask yourself those questions? That's a great question, actually. Um, I, it, that's a tough one because I realized that I had a lot of creativity in other ways, you know, sure, I didn't play a music instrument and I couldn't compose amazing songs, but I looked at what I could do and encapsulate, you know, times and moments that people really understand and relate with, creating meaningful relationships and moments that, you know, inspire others to, you know, really connect with people. That was where I found myself, I loved connecting with people. And it was either from the, the audience perspective of someone sitting in a movie theater, watching an incredible film, to connecting on the marketing side and advertising is what was that spark? What was the spark that really set that apart? What, what made it meaningful for somebody? And that was the process that I looked at. Well, and you know, it's such a funny term, but a lot of people might say now you have a lot of hard skills in terms of your production abilities and all of the processes that you learned. But when you're talking about connection and providing opportunities, I mean, a lot of that is what people term soft skills. And I actually don't really like that term because to me, soft skills sound a bit fluffy. <laughs> like it's like, it doesn't <laughs> yes, matter totally. as much. <laughs> And but it, and it, it does. does for sure it does and I, I think that you know people it's about the people and yes I was working really long days and in, in, in film but the people that I was working with that's what made me keep 
going and doing what I was doing because I was having these great conversations with people. And, you know, it was really about understanding that everyone has their own meaningful story to communicate, right? And everyone has their struggles that they're going through. And and it was really just finding the connection with people on the film family side of it that inspired me the most. Yeah. When did you realize that you were the connector? You were the connection piece for people? Well, I... I think I found that role when I was working in advertising uh, production. I worked with incredible teams and I really, really enjoyed as I moved up the the years, you know, I did it for over 10 years. Well, as I worked my way up through the different roles, um, I just found that I really loved being able to train people and to see potential of, you know, who someone can be and what they want to do. And I, and I was just, that was what made my days go. You know, I had team members who wanted to be in a certain department, then I would try to connect them with that department or make sure that they had, you know, more hours in the day working or assisting that department. So for me, it was really about trying to help people get where they wanted to go and to really develop their skills. And if I could use my expertise and in, in my, my role during that time to facilitate that, their development, that's what really inspired me to keep going and keep the connection alive. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it, it comes back a little bit. So last week interviewing Amy Jo and being in her mastermind with so many other inspiring women almost every single one of us have said it it comes down to having connections and support to feel the confidence that you can do what you want to do and yes. you know you you not only had that but you also provided that for so many people how did you start to reimagine what your life would look like outside of that industry well, for me, it was uh, understanding the skills that I I learned along the way, and I worked with some incredible people, as I mentioned before. But you know, one uh, one of the people I worked with previously, you know, was an incredible inspiration and kept pushing to develop my skills set. And so when I kind of took a break, I was, you know, I worked such long hours that sometimes it can just run you down a little bit. So I took a break and went traveling and I came back saying like, wow, I have, you know, the last years, the last 10 years of me doing what I'm doing, it it inspired me to use my skills in a different area. And, you know, the skill sets, it can be transferable to different areas um, of life with any job or any career, it's about understanding that you can use skills that can be transferable. So, yeah, I think that we can often put ourselves in boxes that makes it harder for us to see outside of those boxes and realize that actually, yes, a lot of our skills are transferable. In fact, most of them are, even though when you're entering a new process or new project, that it might feel like you're not qualified. You know, you might have the imposter syndrome. You might (laughs) have that. You might have all those feelings. But really, when you look back at it, you can look at, call them 
uh, your soft skills or, or your hard skills and go like, yes, no, I, I, I can do all of these things and I can do these things in many different industries if I wanted to. Absolutely. Yes. I completely agree with that. You know, uh, when I started working with a few startups um, after working in the film industry, I really <laughs> didn't know how many skills I actually had. And I was like, you know what? I actually know how to do this. I know how to do that. Or I maybe I know a little bit about that. I can learn more. And really just kind of working with what I had as a base and working more creatively to hone those skills and really adapt to what I was doing at the moment. And that's what really I love about startups. I love working with startups in that respect and using my skills from film and advertising to, you know, transition and grow and make the connections. And yeah, it really accelerate those. Do you think taking the time off really helped you to crystallize that? Yes. Taking time off is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, really, I think living in balance is a huge part of my life. Having time to reset and kind of discover what you want in life and, you know, facing the things that you don't want in life is incredibly important. And I always look at life resets are always a good thing, even if you're doing the same thing, but just being able to take a, take a step back and say, huh, okay, so was that a really big deal? Or, you know, do I really enjoy what I'm doing? And yes, all right, I'm going to go back with it with a different, fresh approach. Right. What I'm wondering from your perspective is how did you decide what you wanted to keep or add in and what you wanted to delete from your life? For lack of a better word. (laughs) Yeah, no, of course. (laughs) Uh, for me, it was about how I wanted to spend my days. Um, as soon as I got in the, the film industry, uh, my first week, I remember people going, oh, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do this? You know, like we've been in this for too long. And, you know, it's kind of like a, a golden handcuffs sort of situation where if the money is so good and it's really hard to leave, you know, do you really want to do this? And at that time I was saying, yeah, I, I totally do. And I really, I love it. And, but you know, five, six years into it, it, I started to think, okay, what if I want to have a family and, you know, get married and do I want to be working 15 hours a day and not being able to see my family and my friends? I remember <laughs> so <laughs> many times of missed birthday parties and, family events that I couldn't attend to because I was, I was working. So it was, Mm -hmm. it was a tough balance for me. So taking that reset, it just refreshed my outlook. And I realized I wanted to have more of a meaningful day and to craft my life the way I wanted it to, to be my soundtrack. You wanted to design your own soundtrack. Oh, yes. (laughs) I love that. Uh, I think we all have a bit of a mantra around the words we say to ourselves that way. Amy Jo has always said, um, just because I've been listening to her podcast for years, Mm. is how you design your, or how you design your day is how you live your life. And for you, it's designing your, the soundtrack of your day. When you think about that, you, you get to decide all of a sudden, there's so many options. 
Absolutely. I think that's, that's kind of like, you know, you're, you're looking at Netflix and you're scrolling through and saying, okay, should I, should I try this new film out? Or should I, you know, go back to a classic? Should I just revisit, you know, Romeo and Juliet and, and, and listen to garbage and Radiohead, or should I go to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the guardians of galaxy or, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's like choosing your channels where, which pathway do you want to go down? And that is a, that's a big part of how I live my life. Yeah. It's, it's very empowering. And, and I think that that comes down to having a little bit of trust in yourself um, in terms of, like you said, you, you started to reflect on your skills and realizing that you could use them in lots of different ways, but then the world opens up and you're like, what do I do? I could do all of these things. How do you then go back down and decide for yourself what it is that you wanted to focus on? That's a good question. Uh, I do have to give my super supportive husband credit on this because <laughs> you know now I know a lot of people aren't in the same situation or not lived the same life that I've been living for the last 15 years but he's an incredible support he always has um, supported me with the fact of let's just figure it out together and what do you want to do this is this is an important thing so to have that supportive network and, and same with friends, right? I don't know how many countless hours that you and I have sat with bottles of wine over the days <laughs> <laughs> and really just had those one-on-one -on -one, um, honest chats. It's, it's just so incredibly important to reevaluate where you are and what you want to do and have the supportive network around you to, mm -hmm. to help figure it out. It's extremely challenging. I still constantly look at how I want to improve my life and, and live a better, you know, happier future going forward. Yeah. The, the fun thing is, is now, I think we've both experienced this wherever we go, whatever we do, the people who are there to support you and want to stay in your life will stay in your life. <laughs> and, Absolutely. Um, <laughs> And we don't for others too. We we've all experienced that. We're like, yes, I'm totally gonna, you know, you're moving away, but I'm gonna keep in touch with you. And then you don't, and you're like, oh, why didn't I do that? Um, and in that case, sometimes it is too little, too late. But the then there's there's certain people that just sort of come out of the work woodwork and stay and stay with you wherever you are. And then you realize, so I have this sort of this little mosaic of support that then it's it's like that net that safety net for you yes. to be able to go forward into the unknown. I can't emphasize the importance of having your, your tribe of people. I know that the term <laughs> is constantly overused and it's, it's not my favorite, but it's, you know, I think it really encapsulates what, what your support network is and, and that can be family and friends and but it's it's truly about someone that you haven't talked to in a little while and you just pick up the phone and call which is a huge thing or you hear from somebody when you you need it the most and I think that's invaluable is the is the connections you have with your your network of people I think it's yeah. what keeps me going as well <laughs> I think and you and I over many years besides our own experiences together and with other friends and the thing that I've been noticing as a common thread too is that 
most people don't have it figured out all of the time. And that's okay. I think even the people who portray having it figured out don't have it out. And that's, you know, working in film, I saw um, a lot of, you think a lot of actors and actresses have it all together and they live this incredible life. You know, it's the same sort of thing where, you know, they have a, a team of people that do their hair and makeup. They have their wardrobe stylists um, to help them pick the clothes and, you know, allows them that creativity time to really focus. And I think that we can all use those things in life, <laughs> not to mention the stylist, but like, you yeah, know. I love a stylist. <laughs> <laughs> the ability to focus and to cut through the noise and to really just hone in on what you want to do in life well I'm really excited to um to hear about what you're doing now so we'll get into that in just a minute let's take a little break now I'd love to tell you a little bit about the my kind discovery course are you thinking about changing directions in your career possibly you're contemplating a pivot or maybe dreaming of a side hustle? Or do you just wanna try to find more time in your day to live your ideal life? Often with these types of decisions come the big questions of life. What's my purpose? How do I know what I do next will be better than what I'm doing right now? Am I worthy? So many of us feel the imposter syndrome. My Kind is launching a four week course to help answer your burning questions, and create a clear idea for your next steps. We will be diving into the process of how to go from passion to purpose by using proven self-discovery methods focused on distilling your talents, skills, and passions into a framework that can help you feel confident in your purpose. You'll receive one-on-one coaching and feedback. You'll also get a boost of inspiration and motivation by working with the other amazing women in the course looking to level up on life. Join the waitlist right now for a chance to experience the power of self-discovery at mykind.ca slash discovery. Okay, let's get back into the podcast. Hey, so welcome back. Now, I know... I know a little bit and I've had a bit of an inside scoop into your new project, but I'd love uh, for you to tell the audience a little bit about what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a brand new project, which I'm really excited about. Um, Over the last year, just kind of really honing in of, you know, what I wanted to do and, and living in wine country and surrounded by vineyards and beautiful lakes and um, incredible people. Our, our hardworking friends and family are all mostly in the wine industry here. Um, I wanted to kind of help them and use, you know, my expertise of, uh, you know, marketing, advertising, media, and just the skills that I have to, you know, further the industry on a on a bigger bigger scale. So, uh, what is the platform that you have decided to launch? It's called Pear.Wine, P-A-R-E.Wine, and we're connecting wine enthusiasts with wine producers of BC. Cool. And how are you doing that? 
So it's actually a listing uh, database. So we've built over the last year a website where it lists uh, wineries and wine clubs. So for those who don't really know the industry or, you know, just love to drink wine, they can go onto the website and they can search by geographical area, the types of wines that wineries have and the winemakers, and then also find the wineries wine clubs. So we spent the last year researching wine clubs. I know it's a really hard job as going to wineries and seeing what they offer for wines and um, memberships. Yeah, and... you didn't have any fun at all. <laughs> I know, it was really <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, but we found that there was no standard way to compare like wine club features and benefits of being a wine member. Right. So, and we found that magnifying the problem, most wine club signups were in just in the tasting room. And, you know, there weren't a lot of promotions online about being a wine club member and having subscribing to a winery and supporting them directly instead of going to the liquor stores and retailers to, to buy wine. So we basically compiled the features and benefits that wineries would use to describe their wine clubs and organize them into like an easy to use search engine database. So base where you can go in and search wine club features, benefits, in like a simple, easy to understand um, language. Yeah. Now, this is really cool because, of course, we're talking about British Columbia, Canada, but also lots of Canadians from across the country look at BC to order wine from. It's basically BC and Ontario are our main two wine regions. So you're actually looking at talking to unfortunately not outside of the country in most cases, <laughs> but, <laughs> but really to all Canadians. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was a big thing for us is, you know, you can go through a winery's website to try to find what levels of wine club membership that they have, what they offer to people. But, you know, it's it takes a long process. It's a long, tedious kind of process. And there's not one database that you can really kind of search through and really kind of nerd geek out about about wine <laughs> right it makes me think about and I'm not sure I can't remember exactly what the website is in the states but it's basically like the MLS real estate listings for uh in Canada realtor.ca I love nerding out on what what houses are selling and where and what the new listings are and looking at what each area has that I'm interested in potentially moving to, you know, like it's like that, that ability with wine clubs almost. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And what most people don't understand is that wine clubs are the best way to actually support a winery, right? Um, being mm -hmm. able to have that kind of the, that subscription package of, always having a delivery come to your door, <laughs> yes. right? So it's, it's a big benefit um, to wineries and to people alike, because really uh, wineries do save, obviously their, their best wine for members, right? As, as you are aware. <laughs> yes. Always the best, always the vintage releases, the verticals. Exactly. <laughs> but not a lot of people know that, right? So being able to have a database that they can go in and search um, what they get out of a membership is like, is for me a huge benefit and 
and connecting uh, wineries, small or large, with consumers on a direct marketplace. That was my goal. Pair is like an independent database that you can find wineries that match your values and wine clubs that make, you know, stocking your cellar is rewarding as drinking it, <laughs> right? It's it's the process of <laughs> cool. stocking your cellar, which is the fun part. Yeah, just the continued support that you can give to wineries through wine clubs. and But finding the information is just really tough online and because a lot of wineries use different language to describe what their clubs are. So for us to research and try to come up with a, a simple, easy to understand way that people can compare wine clubs and see what works best for them. Yeah. I mean, there's different, even in my own past, I remember thinking, okay, well, we're going to go and we're going to do a Cab Franc tasting. We're going to get a bunch of friends together. Everyone needs to bring a Cab Franc from um, the Valley. And honestly, even just going online and trying to find out which wineries had single varietal Cab Francs, that, that was a challenge, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just stopped at three wineries because that's where I live and, yeah. <laughs> and, and asked, but I mean, that's, that's also time taking. So if someone can just look up their favorite type of wine or their favorite area and maybe discover some new wine clubs that they didn't know were around. And then the other thing is the SEO factor, right? Of course, the bigger wineries have more SEO potentially. And so now you're sort of leveling the platform and the playing field for everybody to be able to be found. Well, and that's the fun part, right? Is again, is the the fact that you can search by a winery and find out all the, the varieties, but then you can also search by the wine club and see what, you know, a smaller business may have a discount of 10 to 20% off wines, whereas a larger business may have only 5% or 10%, right? So how, what, what's important to you? Is it price point? Is it what you get when you either go to the winery or when you get the shipment to your house um, and have the same experience virtually than you would in the tasting room? So really kind of having the parameters set so people can search what's important to them. Um, that was the, the main goal is to create a, an even playing field for small and large wineries alike. Right. And that is, that is very cool because whatever is your drink of choice, whether it's wine or not, um, let's say it's wine, having found a bottle that you love that feeling and, you know, the more connected you can be to the winemaker, the grower and where those grapes came from. And in a lot of cases, how they're farmed is really what builds that story around the wine that you love, right? Or, or whatever that drink is. Absolutely. <laughs> that's such a fun, such a fun part of when someone asks you, what is your favorite wine? It just connects you to the land and the place and not just the purchase. Absolutely. And you know, for us, the the big part too is being able to search by sustainability practices, right? Is there use of certain pesticides or chemicals, or is there a biodynamic practice that they're in place that they're using currently, or are they certified organic or trying to be organic as possible? You know, to to really, you know, focus on sustainability and the people behind the wine was a big one, like obviously my experience in the film industry and advertising, it's, it's all about the people and, 
And for me, I just want to help showcase the winemakers and showcase what, what they're doing. Like I look at winemakers and viticulturists, you know, they have a year where they dedicate um, their life to making the wine that you drink and the vintage that you're drinking in that bottle, right? It's, it's similar to making a movie of sorts where, you know, as soon as bud breaks happens, you know, it's go time. <laughs> Before then, it's pre-production is, you know, what can we do to tie down the, the vines and, you know, make the soil ready to go and, and how they prep for that vintage, which is very much the same as, you know, working in film and, and film production. So it's the love and the craft and the creativity of the people behind the wine that inspires me to, you know, work with in this industry. It's really um, a huge amount of dedication. And I would say going back to your your soundtrack ideology for your life, uh, for me with winemaking, seasons are the soundtrack of my life. Um, and you know, you only get to make the wine once a year, right? So yes. <laughs> you work the whole year to make that one vintage and then you have to work that whole next year to make the next one again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's basically time stamping your life during that period, you know, like 2015 or 2009, that year, oh my goodness, like we had incredible sun or we had so much rain. So, uh it's a really fun way for for people to think about wine actually and time stamping. <laughs> yeah. And so in terms of uh, how you're also community, you're making it available to be searched and really easy to find and compare and, you know, just discover these, these wine clubs and what they have to offer. Um, how are you shining a light on the soundtrack of the wineries or the winemakers and their stories? That's a good question. So for me, it was really about letting their wines and their stories, you know, shine on their own. It's more of allowing the consumer to be able to find out the stories on their own, right? Like this is more of a uh, connection uh, search database. So all the profits stay with the wineries. Like you're buying directly from the wineries. There's links that you can go and join with their club directly. Um, big part of developing this was that we don't take a commission out of the, the sale of the bottle of wine. Because most consumers don't realize that, you know, it's upwards 20 to 30% of a bottle of wine that the wineries um, give away right? They have to pay for all the labor and the costs and um, uh, winemaking processes. And, you know, to sell it to another third party, they lose a lot of the profit and it, it goes right into time and effort to put this wine together for people. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really good point because off the top, once everything's all said and done, after you've spent all the money making it, you then have to pay maybe 15% of the sale to a rep. And also then you have to ship it. 
Yes. <laughs> so it really starts to to add up. But um, I I love the idea that you can connect the businesses to the customers directly. That is, it's huge because for us in BC, where we're not necessarily able to travel outside of certain areas, we also have to think about how we can how we can pivot, you know, again, to use an overused term, how we can pivot and reach out to potential customers or even to customers who've been here before and in, in a new way. Absolutely. And this is really where uh, we wanted to take it is, is just, you know, help our fellow neighbors. Like we live here, we've watched the orchards turn into vineyards. You know, we, we see our hardworking friends and family in the industry and they work really really hard and long hours to to try to get this wine to people so they can drink it <laughs> which is the best part ever <laughs> so how do we how do we support the wineries and with the travel restrictions um or you know even just the last basically call it two years i think the industry is evolving and you know how we can support the wineries is is where I would like to take it. Like I, my end goal is to sell out every wine club in BC because I want to be able to spend more time with my friends who are working in the industry. <laughs> right. Great <to> that. <laughs> you know, is, is taking the, the subscription model from other industries and just kind of pivoting it and tweaking it and telling people that this is the best way and, and spreading the message of, support in what we can do to support the wineries and kind of cutting out some middlemen along the way and not to say that the middlemen are not important right those are all part of marketing costs and things but at the same time you know how do we support the small businesses and how do we in turn what are we benefiting we're benefiting great wine We get to celebrate on our back porch with our friends and cheers and, well, soon enough, hopefully. The ability to celebrate with friends and family and to, to drink the wine, it's not, it's not about the, the profits in the end. It's about creating the moments and creating the connection pieces uh, that a bottle of wine does with people, right? It's setting the stage what are the challenges of building that platform right now? So the challenges of building pair.wine has been the ability to understand and create uh, one set of language of sorts, right? Um, Mm. Wineries use different terminology and communicate their wine clubs so differently. <laughs> the most, the hardest part about this is, is trying to find out what they're trying to say, what the message is, what, what clear brand strategy that they have around their wine club. And most wineries do a phenomenal job, but it, there's not one universal language that consumers um, may understand and may not understand of the benefits of joining wine clubs. And I just want to help promote that in a way um, that makes sense and is clearly understandable and relatable to consumers. That's a great point because uh, there's a lot of terminology that we use in the industry that 
really just doesn't make a lot of sense to the customer, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's fair enough. I mean, it's with every industry, any industry that I've worked in has their own terminology. It's just about creating the meaningful relationships and um, engagement that allow people to, you know, spread of word of mouth and to tell people how great the winery is and how great their wine club is. You know, there's nothing better than, uh, the doorbell ringing and it's the courier bringing a case of wine from <laughs> the wine club you shipped and you're like, oh yes, it's wine time. Yeah, let's it's, go. <laughs> yes. It's always, that's a, that's a Christmas in and of itself. <laughs> exactly. It's celebrating the moments. And again, it goes back to, you know, filmmaking for me is, you know, where you were at that time in your life when you watched a great movie, it's where in the time of your life were you, when you opened that amazing bottle of wine or, you know, celebrating the hardworking people behind, behind the label. Yes. I always will remember this, uh, but, and I know you know this, but when Blake proposed, he proposed to me with a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you remember that? I <laughs> that do. I so do. So long ago. <laughs> But, uh, and it was very momentous because it happened to be the first vintage of his parents' vineyard. Yes. Uh, and I mean, that meant a lot, a lot, but, um, those moments can come in a lot of different ways and some of them are big and some of them are small, but it's so great to be able to, even just if you are looking back at a label and you remembered, oh, you know, what we've had happen here at the winery a few times is people will come back year after year now because they got engaged here or yes. because, yeah. you know, those, some of those big moments happened here for them. And uh, it's such a great feeling. It is. And I, you know, with your winery being origin, I think that's a big part, I would think, as well as like where it all started, right? And and wine is a big part of your life and as is mine. And, you know, a lot of people have gotten through over the last couple of years because they can sit and enjoy responsibly um, a glass of wine or a bottle of wine with, you know, with their immediate family and their immediate bubble. So I think that really when it comes down to it is, you know, spreading joy and happiness and, and it's the little things in life. And that can be a bottle of wine. <laughs> it can. We know it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, now, so I know you've been doing a huge amount of work on building this platform, but in general, now that you've really reassessing what you wanted to add and delete in your life and how you wanted to build your own soundtrack. How do you now add learning and growth into your schedule? It's a continuous uh, effort, <laughs> I have to say. Um, I mean, I would say my learning and growth is important. I mean, it's with anything. Uh, for me, working with a, an online uh, distribution channel for wineries, uh, you know, SEO is a big factor. How do you cut through the noise, right? How do you get to people? How how do you fight the algorithms that are mm. continuing to, you know, for good and bad, kind of take control of our lives a little bit? 
right? So how do you cut through that? And that's actually a funny story of how we started Pear because the name Pear came out from cutting through the noise and trimming off the fat, you know, trimming down the noise so that you can really focus on what matters. And I think that that for me is continuing to learn, continuing the process of of keeping up with the latest trends <laughs> and marketing and advertising <laughs> and SEO and you know it's it's a fun I actually I totally geek out on learning so I'm a big fan especially analytics I love analytics <laughs> <laughs> I know you do you're amazing at it by the way um, I also oh, love the pun so because you know me I love a good pun but mm-hmm, um, yeah. the pairing factor and then and then pair um it's a it's a great name. I'm so excited to be a part of of your launch, and um, I know this is happening in the middle of May for you, um, which we can get to a little bit in a minute about how we can contact you or how people can join or how they can add themselves to your website uh, as a producer. But why don't we do the lightning round first and just lighten it up? For sure. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it say? So currently we have one of those little letter boards in our house that a friend of mine gave. So uh, my current letter board says, why be moody when you could shake that booty? (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Don't take anything too seriously, right? It's life is about just rolling with it and, you know, seeing what you can do. So, and dance is a big, thing of that and music and so why be moody when you can shake that booty it's so funny actually I've like it's a total sidebar but I've created a a pair listening soundtrack that like with different playlists for depending on your mood to drink wine with oh I love it (laughs) yes I just couldn't help myself I'm like I have to I have to do this because you know, dance time or classic time, or, you know, if you just want to take it back to Elvis, it's, it's groovy. It's, it's awesome. Oh, so, I mean, yeah, I can tell you I, there was a song that came on and I cannot remember the name of it, but it was like one of those 1930s blues tracks. Oh, and I those. just thought, I said to Blake, Oh, I just want to pour a glass of wine, do some baking in the kitchen and open up the doors and windows and like that is like my perfect moment right now. That's that's I think that's what we all aspire to. <laughs> it's just like taking a chill and just taking a moment and you know cracking open that bottle and putting your favorite song on. So yeah. Yeah. So it keeps me going. Me too. Um <laughs> if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self what would you tell yourself? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I I was always like running on overdrive. You know, I don't want to age myself here, but I, I just feel like in my teens and early adulthood, I was like, ah, oh, I want to do everything and I can do everything. But sometimes we just get so caught up in life that we kind of forget that we don't always have to be busy you know, we don't always have to be checking our email or rushing to the next thing. We need to remind ourselves that it's okay and absolutely necessary to to slow it down, take a break, you know, take a, take a, a moment to yourself. And I think that's what I would tell my 18-year-old self. Just take a moment. Just relax. Everything will come. 
I like it. And this is going to date me too, but have a break, have a Kit Kat. <laughs> Uh, coffee or tea? oh, coffee for sure. Hello. Yeah. 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 I mean, tea, I, I have my like, I like my matcha tea in the afternoon, coffee in the morning. Um, you know, Saturday mornings, a little Bailey's in the coffee is not so bad either. So No, keep I it, mean, that's pretty good. keep it sharp. I need a coffee to keep me sharp and my music, <laughs> coffee and music. Love it. Now, I know uh, we have <laughs> talked a lot about quotes in the last, you know, 15 years or so, yeah. but <laughs> do you have a favorite one right now? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I kind of go back to um, the quote by, I think it's Amy Edge that says it, but she says, you know, work hard in silence and let your success be your noise. Yeah. I have not heard that. Yeah. I love that. I am like an introvert and an extrovert at the same time. I'm kind of a, a in-between person and I don't love putting myself out there. I just rather... you know, show the creativity and, and have people enjoy what I'm doing or what the projects that I'm working on. So that really kind of just speaks to me is, you know, if someone can find meaning in what I'm doing or my team is doing, then that's what success is for me. So work hard in silence and let your success be your noise. <laughs> I love that. yeah. That's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, thank you because I miss you a lot I know. and <laughs> can't wait <laughs> to Me have too. another glass of wine with you. I know. It's been so long and but everyone's being so patient and that's what we need to to do is just get through this together <laughs> and you know, we will come out in the end. There is light at the end of the tunnel. So this is just a, a hiccup. we will. Yes, <laughs> I am with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, the platform is launching in a couple of weeks. Yes, Um, yes. there's probably a lot of people going to listen that may want to, as a producer, be a part of your program uh, or as a buyer, potentially, to sign on and see what they can find. Um, how can they find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me. I've got an Instagram uh, profile for the business that is pair.wine, P-A-R-E dot wine. Um, you can also get a touch uh You can also get in touch with me through the website, through email, uh, Twitter, Paramedia, um, and my door is always open, right? It's it's free for users to use and uh, wineries, I want to work with you. I want to help you um, get the word out on how awesome your wine is. And I look forward to collaborating with wineries in BC and you know, the best is yet to come. We, we'd like to expand this to the rest of Canada Um, and then possibly down in the States as well. So. Well, I will be jumping on as one of your first uh, cheerleaders, and I'm stoked Yay. to be a part of it. <laughs> And Thank you. I am also so glad that you came on because, you know, it's, it's a new thing for me, and I appreciate everyone that comes on, and um, let's have a glass of wine soon. Yes, please do. I'm, I'm looking forward to a glass of wine. <laughs> Thank you.
Have you ever had a business idea you thought you could turn into a side hustle or even possibly your main gig? Or maybe you've thought about becoming an influencer, but don't know where to start. Well, friends, stay tuned for the My Kind podcast airing every Sunday evening so you can get your week off to the right start, focus on your goals and get a little inspiration to boot. We explore the world of entrepreneurship and focus on supporting women like you to achieve your goals and turn your talents into a business. Each week, we'll explore a topic related to starting or growing your business by interviewing go-getter women and holding on-the-fly workshops that you can listen to while you're cleaning, driving, or working out. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, or Anchor, and join the community on Facebook at mykind.ca and on Insta at Mind Kind of Business. See you soon.